I am uh, Ryan Phelps. I'm the pastor here at IBC Drabis, and we are continuing in a series on the Gospel of Mark. We are glad that you are here. Let's read our passage this week. It is chapter 4. I'm going to read the first nine verses, but we're going to go all the way through verse 20. Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 1. It's best to have your Bible out open so that you can see it. Our goal is to have you swim in the text. I mean that, not literally, but figuratively, that you would jump in, dive in, that you would see it and know it and understand it, especially today. Mark chapter 4, hear the word of the Lord. Again, he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea, and the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land, and he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some feed, seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. It is a supernatural revelation. It has come to us as a miracle. And so may we treat it in that way. May I treat it in that way. We are sinners apart from your grace, but we are full and we will learn and we will hear with your grace given to us by the Spirit. And so we ask that you help us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I am not going to start very many sermons with a joke, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it today. I'm going to get a joke. Sorry. A middle-aged man was distraught over his wife's refusal, refusal to admit that she had a hearing problem. Hearing problem. So he asked his family doctor for advice on how to bring this to his wife's attention. The doctor told him that when he got home, he could confirm the hearing problem by opening the front door and asking his wife, honey, what's for dinner? The doctor said, if she doesn't answer, move closer to the kitchen, repeat the question. If she still doesn't answer, move right up behind her and say, what's for dinner, honey? And this way, the doctor assured him she'll have to admit she has a hearing problem. So the man raced home and he wanted to try this out, hoping to get help for his wife. He opens the front door and he says, what's for dinner, honey? No reply came. So he moved closer to the kitchen and asked again, what's for dinner, honey? Again, nothing. He knew it. When he looked into the kitchen, sure enough, she was at the counter. So he tiptoed over to her and he said, what's for dinner, honey? She turned around, looked him straight in the eye and said, for the third time, we're having meatloaf. <laughs> That's it. That's your one joke for this year. Now, I know I am losing my hearing. After years of playing the drum set in my basement when I was a kid, loud guitars, operating power tools, 
listening to screaming babies, and on and on, I know that I will eventually need hearing aids. And I'm sure there will be nice things about that just to be able to pop them out when you want to take a nap. Or my own grandkids get too loud, take them off. But it will be hard, of course, too, to not hear your loved ones, to not be able to hear everything that is going on around you. Now, to hear physically does not mean at the same time that you have an ability to understand things, right? Even if we hear words physically, we may not understand them or believe them or especially put them into practice and action. If my wife or my doctor or a police officer looks at me and says, do you understand what I am telling you? I may hear their words, but if I let them sink in, What is fascinating about Jesus is that he says that it is not your sight, your eyes, that lead to life, but your hearing. To hear the words of the gospel, you must allow them to go deep down and let them have their way with you. Now, if you're struggling as a Christian, my guess is that you probably need to hear better. If you are struggling as someone who does not believe the gospel, in Jesus or God, maybe you're just struggling in life. You are probably not hearing as well as you should. Jesus says in our passage, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And so that is the question we must ask ourselves this morning. How well are we hearing? How is our hearing? First point this morning, the importance of hearing well, the importance of hearing well. Okay, look at Mark chapter four, verses one to two. And he began to teach beside the sea and a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. Now it's pretty fascinating this, in, so far in the gospel of Mark. He's talked about teaching the, Mark has said Jesus has been teaching this whole time. But this is actually the first time we hear a teaching from the Lord. And he does, some, use it, he does it by teaching a parable. Now, before we get to the parable itself, we must grab hold of that first word, the first word that Jesus says, Mark chapter 4, verses 2. And he said, and he, sorry, and he was teaching them many things in the parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, what? Listen. Listen, that is the first word before he says anything. Listen. When my wife needs me to hear her, when it's something important like a bill that I need to pay, an important letter that needs to be mailed, an issue with one of our kids, she will often grab me by the arm, turn me around and say, stop, look into my eyes, I need you to hear me. This is important. Of all the things that we say to each other throughout the day, there are some things that demand our undivided attention. And that is what Jesus is doing. Undivided attention right now. Listen. Stop what you are doing. Put your phone down. Stop thinking about work and family and the next vacation. Look at me in my eyes. I need you to hear me. 
open your ears. Now, why? Why is it important that we hear Jesus? Why is it important that we hear well? Well, first of all, Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God. That has been what he has been preaching and teaching to every people who will hear it. Now, the kingdom of God is not a physical location like it's Spain or Brazil or Latvia. The kingdom is the ruling power of God. It is his sphere of influence. And this is the power that will continue to come into this world, to be extended throughout the world, and it will not stop until he is Lord of all. Second thing, to become part of his kingdom, we must hear it. We must hear it. Verse, verse three, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. Now we know that the sower in this parable is God. It is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They are coming into this world by power to deliver the good news of Jesus Christ. And this gospel is like a seed that is planted in hearts. But this seed must be planted within soft, plantable, pliable soil. And only when you receive the seed of this gospel, only when it is heard, when it is deeply received and cultivated, are you actually welcomed into his kingdom? So we must hear it. Third reason why hearing is important is that we may have yet to hear the gospel. The clear teaching of this passage is that you must receive the gospel, as we just said. You must hear it in such a way that you understand it and accept it and then relentlessly cultivate it. But that is not so easy. That is not so easy. We are a people who are easily deceived. We may not have heard Jesus' teachings at all. This is how the pastor Tim Keller says it. Many, many people think that they have heard the word when they have never heard the message at all. The word must go in deep. It takes great openness. It requires that the truth penetrate very deeply. Just as only time will tell if a seed has been properly planted, only time can tell if the truth has penetrated deeply. And so this teaching from Jesus is both an invitation and a warning. It is an invitation to enter into his life, to experience his joy, his grace, and his love. But it is also a warning. Being with Jesus means you must first believe Jesus. And so before we move on, we must ask the question, how is our hearing? How are we hearing? Second point. Why we don't hear well. Why we don't hear well. Let's jump down to verse 13, Mark 4, 13. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. So he's going to begin to teach them what this parable means. So my wife and I were driving down one of the country roads out in uh, Jervis a couple days ago. As we were driving, we came up um, alongside a tractor that was spreading fertilizer, spreading fertilizer, just like that picture. And as we were going, we realized that we were going to enter 
a fertilizer storm. It was like a snowstorm, but fertilizer shooting up on and around our car. It was awesome. Now, this is not how they spread seed today, right? They're very meticulous about where they plant it, how they plant it. But back in the day, this is actually how they would spread seed. They would throw it. They would shoot it out, scatter shot. Farmer would toss seed over the area he wanted, where he wanted to grow things. And then once the seed was distributed, that is when they would till up the ground so that the ground would accept the seed. Now, of course, what this means is that the scattershot method would shoot the seed to places where it would not get planted. The seed would land in some places where it could not grab a hold of the ground and grow. And so Jesus says what? This is the gospel tossed out into the world onto our hearts. Will we have a heart to receive it? Because there are three types of soil, three types of hearts that do not receive this gospel. A hard heart, a shallow heart, and a divided heart. Let's take each of those separately. First, a hard heart. A hard heart. Mark 4.15 says, And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. So the path that was pressed down by people's feet, by people's walking, hard, impossible to take soil unless you worked very hard to get it, to churn it up. Now we might say that hard-hearted people are closed off from hearing the gospel. They are an emotional, intellectual brick wall. They are unwilling to take Jesus seriously. This might be a person who thinks deeply about everything else, philosophy, physics, psychology, and yet to entertain that Jesus is the son of God is crazy to them. I had a friend like this. He actually came to my, my last church Every Sunday, his wife came, and he loved the community, but he did not believe in Jesus. He was a non-practicing atheist Jew, but we loved to get Chinese food together. And so a couple of times a year, we would go out, and we would talk about everything, but I would always bring up Jesus and the gospel. And I knew that every Sunday, when he heard preaching or the singing or our worship service or the praying, he would hear the gospel. And yet I always got the impression that he never really understood it. He had never humbled himself and allowed the possibility that Jesus was real, alive, and should be the Lord of his life. And so the first reason we do not grow, the first reason we do not believe is because we have hard hearts. The second type is a shallow heart. A shallow heart. Mark 4.16. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. Here's a person who hears the gospel. They understand it at some level and they take hold of it. They say the words, I am a sinner and I need a savior. They go down to the front of the service when the pastor calls everyone to come. They get baptized. They join a life group. Maybe they start giving to the church. But Jesus says that for some people who say these things, 
is only an emotional response. The gospel may not have gone deeply enough to take root. And this is so important that the gospel take root because the gospel demands everything of us. And it will make us endure things that may kill us off, that may burn us up. Jesus says in Matthew 16, 24, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Listen, Christianity, especially in the West, can be kind of fun at first. It can be fun. Services, people, coffee, all the things. But then when you get into it, when you realize what it takes to be a believer in Christ, things change a little bit. The point of Christian faith is that we become the people of God, that we become the people of God. And to become the people of God means that we must let go of those things that keep us from him. And it means continuing down the very narrow path despite suffering and heartache and the attacks of Satan. There is nothing as good as a relationship with Christ. But on earth, it will take deeply rooted gospel hearing to endure. In 2013, a pine tree in Japan finally died, died after hundreds of years of life. You can see it in that picture there, standing alone. Amazingly, this lone pine tree survived tsunamis in 1896, 1933, and 2011. How did it endure despite all of those years of incredibly powerful storms? And the answer is because of its roots. Are you shallow or are you firmly planted in the gospel of God? Third type is the divided heart, the divided heart. Mark 4.18, and others are the ones sown among thorns they are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. This is talking about. Bob Dylan, the famous folk singer, he said that everyone's got to serve somebody. Everyone's got to serve somebody. That is actually what this parable is about. We have to serve somebody because we cannot serve two somebodies. We must not be divided. We are divided when we try to give ourselves equally to Christ and the world, to the gospel and to the world. We are divided when we try to give ourselves equally to Christ and wealth, to Christ and popularity, to Christ and beauty to Christ and romantic love, to Christ and success, and on and on. But to serve Jesus, to hear his gospel and receive it, you must give your whole self to him. You cannot be divided. You must put your money, your popularity, your beauty, your success, and on and on and on, on the line. But as Lewis says, when we seek Christ, we will get all of those things below in the ways that we were meant to. He says this, aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in. 
Aim at earth and you will get neither. Hard hearts, shallow hearts, divided hearts. At the very least, this is asking, where do we struggle? Where do we struggle? Last point this morning, how to hear. How to hear. Mark chapter four, verse 20. Last verse there. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. So let's recap really quickly. What have we heard so far? Hearing Jesus, allowing his voice and teaching to go deep within us, allowing it to humble us and change us is the only way. That is the secret of the kingdom that he talks about in verses 10 to 12. But we also know that our hearts are easily deceived. It is entirely possible to think that we have heard and believed the gospel but have not. But friends, this is not just a warning passage. This teaching from Jesus is an invitation. It is an invitation to real life. And not just a little more here and there. We are told that we will get far more than we could ever imagine. We will bear fruit. Those are the words. We will bear fruit 30, 60, and 100-fold. And so I just want to ask the question, how do we get there? How do we do it? How do we go from hardness or shallowness or dividedness to a heart that gladly and passionately receives Christ and his teachings? Let's be very practical. Five Gs. I got them all. Five Gs. Goal, gut, grit, go deep, and gift. First goal. How can we do it? We have to have the right goal. Jesus says the goal is to bear fruit. That's what it is. And really what this means is to become like Christ to become like Christ. As new creations in Christ, we should look more and more like Jesus. And what does that mean? Well, the best, most comprehensive verse about this comes from Galatians 5. It reads this way. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no Law. Friends, if you are planted deeply in Christ, you will be exhibiting, you will be bearing all of this fruit at the same time. So these aren't like uh, gifts, right? Or some people have a gift of evangelism. Some people have the gift of encouragement. No, you can't just say, I don't have the gift of gentleness, right? I don't have the gift of joy. No, all of these things as Christians must be coming to bear Every day, more and more and more. Do you have love? Are you joyful? Do you have more peace in your life than you did a year ago? It's the goal. Bear fruit. Gut. Gut. Maybe this is an American word. But gut means your inner being, your heart, your soul. What should our gut be like as we come to the word. And I would say that the only answer is humility. Humility. So I put up a small fence in our backyard yesterday. We're going to get a couple more chickens. So the, what was the fence was for? But I had to do a bunch of digging to get this, this fence into the ground. At first, it was very hard going because we've gone through an entire winter. The ground has been tamped down. But over time, as I kept working, the soil softened. It became easier to work with. 
In a similar way, we must be as humble as tilled soil is soft. Hear that again. We, in our gut, in our being, in our hearts, we must be as humble as tilled soil is soft. And so what does this mean? This means admitting our weaknesses and our sins. We are far more sinful than we could ever believe. But it also means taking on the gospel with deep gratitude. We are more loved than we could ever hope. That is humility. That is where our gut must be. Grit. Goal, gut, now grit. What is grit? What is grit? It is the ability to stick to something no matter what. The ability to stick to something no matter what. Angela Duckworth has written a self-help book about this very thing, and I think her definition is actually very helpful. She says, she says this, grit isn't talent, grit isn't luck. Grit isn't how intensely for the moment you want something. Instead, grit is about having an ultimate concern, a goal you care about so much that it organizes and gives meaning to almost everything you do. And grit is holding steadfast to that goal, even when you fall down, even when you screw up, even when progress towards that goal is halting or slow. Friends, is there anything more ultimate than hearing Christ and obeying him? We must hold on to him with everything that we have. We must have grit. Goal, gut, grit, go deep. Go deep. This is usually the place in the sermon where the preacher will list out all of the ways that you need to start practicing your spiritual disciplines. I want tomorrow morning you to get up at 4 a.m., read 10 chapters of your Bible, pray for two hours, and then do it again all day, and then right before you go to bed, every day. Now listen, if that works for you, more power to you. I love it. But what is important, I don't think, is the quantity, but the quality of our hearing. I want you to go deep. I want you to take the time to slow down, to see Jesus and have him look at us and say, listen to me. Stop what you're doing. Stop what you're thinking about. Look at me in my eyes. Listen. Take time, time necessary to hear and understand and be changed. When you open your Bible, listen for his voice. When you pray, listen for his voice. When you're talking with friends or family, listen for his voice. Last one. So we're going to end this morning. Gift. We need a gift. The middle, middle of this passage is really hard to understand. I'm not going to go over it. We can talk about it later. But I just want to say that it does on the surface seem to say that Jesus is saying and when he comes and he preaches in parables, he speaks in parables, it is actually not to enhance our learning as much as it is to hide it, to hide the truth. Is that really what Jesus is saying? That he's come and given parables so that non-believers will not understand or hear. Now, that doesn't make any sense because Jesus might as well not have shown up. That would have been a, he would have done a better job if he just not come, but he still comes and he still preaches. So what is he saying? 
I think at the very least, at the very bottom level, we must say that hearing is a gift. That hearing and believing and understanding and cultivating the word, the gospel in us is a gift. We are too hard-hearted and stubborn. The pleasures of the world are too tempting. And so to hear and understand and believe and receive the gospel, ultimately it must be a gift to us, but not just at the beginning. From the first day to the last, hearing the Lord is a miracle. And this should give us comfort because we will fail. We will fail. We will not always hear well. But where we do not hear well, Jesus did. Jesus did hear well for us. Jesus did not fail to hear his father or us when the time came. He heard the command of his father to go to the cross. He heard our cries for help, even when we didn't know what to express. And he was not hard-hearted, shallow, or divided. He believed this was the perfect plan. He did not forsake his path despite the pain he would endure. And he chose the brutality of the cross over all other worldly things to save us. Friends, amidst the noise of this life, where the world and the flesh and the devil, they seek to undercut us, to burn us up. Hear the words of your Savior. Let's pray. God, we ask you to perform a miracle yet again. Yet again, that we would hear you. That our closed-off ears, that our hard hearts, that our divided hearts, that our shallow hearts, they would be covered over and changed out and we would hear you again. I do not know what that is for each person here today. It is going to be different. I pray that they hear you, though. If it's a decision that's coming up, if it's a chance to recommit their lives to you and what you are doing in this world, if it is to believe for the first time, would you do that miracle? Allow the gospel to go down. But I can say and I pray for all of us, Lord, that you would send us out as we are hearing. Lord, we are now meant to speak. We hear it not just for ourselves, but for the world to hear as well. And so as the sower sows, Lord, may we sow. As the sower gladly spreads seed throughout the earth, Lord, I pray that you would give us the same passion and heart. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's stand and sing one more time.